Hi there. Welcome to After the Well, the conversational podcast where you'll learn to realize the everyday encounters that seem mundane have the ability to transform your very existence. My name is Melissa Lappin, and I am so glad that you've chose to join me and my friends as we chat about how we hear God in our everyday lives, because we're everyday people. We might laugh a little, we might cry some, but know that you're going to go away encouraged by the stories that we share. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Welcome to After the Well. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of After the Well, and today you get to hang out with me and my friend, Julie Oliver. She's amazing, she's a mom, she's a wife, she is a phenomenal worship leader, she's a pastor, um, yeah, I I don't know that there's anything she can't do, and so... (laughs) Today we're we're just we're gonna talk about life. She's had a big move. She's got oh my gosh, your your daughter, how old is she now? Six? She's almost seven months. Seven months, yeah. Yes. So second time mom and all the things and we're gonna just jump in and yeah, talk about how God meets you in your everyday. So um you could probably introduce yourself a little bit better than that. So what would no. you say about you? <laughs> what would I say about me? Man, that is a, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> but no, thank you for having me on. It's an honor. I love you and I miss seeing your face every Sunday and multiple times throughout the week. Yeah. You and your husband and Scott, your whole family is so precious to us and we love you guys. And Aww. you got to visit us in our new town. Yes, and I want to come back. Come on, it's it's really hot right now. And when I got in the car, it said 106. Oh dang! And it's probably (laughs) humid there too. Still, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's got Texas heat with Georgia humidity. Is what? Yeah. Not a good combo. That's that's a hostile state right there. Yes, we try to stay inside (laughs) as much as possible in the months of July and August. So yeah. Well, you guys have a conference coming up, right? We do. We do. Uh, The conference is called Sons and Daughters. It is a conference for uh, pastors and pastoral staff and leaders in any environment, something that you can glean from it. Because if you're a lay leader or someone who says, hey, I'm not compensated by the local church, but I serve uh, like to the best of my ability, this is somewhere where you can uh, come in and just receive and get fed. And and, uh, we're going to have some prophetic ministry. Tommy Tenney is going to be coming, um, as well as Frank Viola. Okay. Uh, Tommy uh, has just a, a cool kind of story and relationship with our senior pastors, Matt and Emily Stevenson here, um, that in 2021, I believe he came in and had a prophetic word for the church um, that we believe that we're just kind of seeing the Lord just, just get started. You know, it's basically a wave of revival in that there's been uh, places in history and all over the nation in the past couple of decades where you could pinpoint uh, places where revival tourism, quote unquote, happens. Uh, Brownsville, Toronto, Reading, like all of those places. And Asbury recently. Asbury recently, yes. Yeah. And so people just flocking there to receive. They're not quite sure. They can't put their finger on it until they actually do receive what the Lord has for them. Hmm. But just a, a special place that's marked by hunger. And so I think that's... Um, something that was 
Ah, very really cool. significant. Yeah. And yeah. so he's coming in to fill in leaders this fall. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Cody yeah. told Scott about it the other yeah. day. And so we're, I think we're going to, cause it's in October, right? Uh, November. November. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I think we're, I think we're going to try to make it come. So anyway, come so back up. So you yes. talking about all your fun stuff at your new church, you guys just moved to um, Hot Springs, Arkansas, which is kind of, it's your hometown. And yeah. Yeah, so it's, I, I want to, I would love for you to talk about that. Like, yeah. cause you said some things when we got um, the opportunity to visit back in May when we were passing through and you talked about, you know, again, you be as transparent as you want to be. Sure. But, um, you know, just talking about, I saw it as, okay, now you get to be a big girl in your own town, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that and how how God just just meets you in your everyday in that, you know, just like the woman at the well. She showed up at the well just doing an everyday task, Right. And Jesus was there. She hung out and had a conversation. And then she got to go back to the village as a new person, right? And so I see that kind of like you, you know, you've had all these years away. I mean, you've gone back to visit and things like that. But you've created, you know, a good portion of who you are here in Atlanta. And then now you get to move back and, you know, put on your big girl panties and yeah. do life as an adult, uh, you know, mom of two, wife, mm-hmm. and all the things that have happened since then. So touch on that part of your story. Yeah, uh, it has been a very unique experience that anytime I get to talk to uh, someone in a similar has had a similar experience. I'm like, how did you do it? Tell me all of your uh, words of wisdom of going back to your hometown. Because uh, first of all, we never expected to be here. Like this was like the last thing we would have ever thought that we would be doing in 2023. And we can talk more on I that say, later. That's, but, that's, a, yeah, whole, that's, that's a whole that's other episode too. Yes, <laughs> you absolutely. Got there. <laughs> um, but you know, it's been pretty crazy because, you know, the concern of like a prophet's without honor in his hometown. And if you feel like you have a calling uh, to do something in a leadership role, you're like, oh, my gosh, am I going to be received as a little kid or am I going to be seen as someone who has uh, worked uh, on myself <laughs> in maturing? Mm-hmm. And as I'm like, I'm not the same girl that I was when I was 15, obviously. And so um, I think Going back, honestly, to 2011, uh, my family moved to Georgia um, in 2012, but we got a word at the beginning of my parents feeling like, hey, transition is coming. It was a great season for our family, for the church they were pastoring. Why in the world would they ever want to leave? And then the Lord starts kind of introducing the idea of change. And there was a word over uh us that said change is coming but and it's going to be x y and z but there was a particular part that i've always held on to that it was going to be especially beneficial for your oldest daughter julie and looking back the past over a decade you know my life has unfolded in ways that i never even thought possible you know meeting cody going into full-time ministry like having our two children there like it just is uh it's been it's been crazy so we're back in our hometown 
Yeah, so pause that for a second. So for those of you listening, um, and we've talked about um, get um, when the church got prophecies, mm-hmm. and then Julius mentioned getting a word, and what that actually means, the prophetic, for those of you who are not familiar with it, it's very legal, it's very biblical, very scriptural, is just, we have the ability to hear what heaven wants for us. And so it's as simple as that. It's not heresy. It's not blasphemous. It's really freaking awesome <laughs> when, you know, when when we can hear Holy Spirit talk to us and and guide us and give us directions in our lives and kind of give us blueprints and, you know, say, hey, you can go over here for a minute and hang out, you know. And so that's what we're talking about when, you know, when we mention getting a prophetic word or getting a word or hearing from God on certain things. It's again, it's biblical. It's our right and access that we have to heaven um, as Kings and Queens and children of God. So continue. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) That was a great explanation. And, and even to add on to that specific word, they had already been feeling the word of the Lord and the Holy Spirit speak to them about change. This was basically a push to say, hey, you're not crazy. You know, we we're on the right track of someone who didn't know what they were praying into. Mm-hmm. It was a confirmation in a way to say, hey, the Lord sees you and you're hearing the right thing. So, yeah. Uh, and for me, it took away a lot of fear in that area because I'd grown up in Arkansas. I was born outside of Memphis. Like this is been my whole world and then we move a couple of days before my 16th birthday new environment new culture everything had changed and with that I learned things and were um, was able to step into opportunities that I would have never had otherwise um, if I had not made this transition and for that I'm extremely grateful that uh, my parents were yielding to the Holy Spirit um and, you know, transition again, we could talk more about that. It doesn't always make sense, uh, but the fruit of obedience is always worth it. And uh, For sure. Because you get to, again, learn things you would have never been able to um, in a certain environment. You're going to be able to find out about yourself, find out about the Lord um, in those different experiences. So, Well, yeah. let me ask you this then, because... Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were a, a little younger than that. So as a 16-year-old growing up as a PK, as a, as a preacher's kid, yep. um, what was your relationship? Because your, your Assemblies of God? Church yes. of God? Assemblies, yeah. yeah. Um, so believing in Holy Spirit, believing in prophetic and all of those things, what did your day-to-day look like just for you because knowing what I know of you for the last five years four or five years um you don't seem to be just a follower you know it's like I'm doing this because my parents said I had to you know or whatever um you very much are driven to find your own answers so what did that look like for you as a 16-year-old, you know, did you have your own, I mean, obviously you had your own dreams, but other than just being a good little girl, (laughs) being obedient to mom and dad, whether you wanted to move or not, um, what did that look like 
for you to hear God for yourself as a 16-year-old? And then did your, um, and this is like 20 questions, like all in one, but um, did your desires and dreams and your your conversations with God for yourself, did they line up with what your parents were going after? You know, sure. does that make sense? Yeah. And then how did the answer to their prophetic word affect you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will say I'm, I'm trying to, to go from the beginning of that question because it was, it was a lot. And yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. It's a good question. Uh, I think going back to kind of leading yourself and not, waiting for other people to, uh, sit, like make your plate for you. Um, and so I think that if you, everyone has the ability to be a leader, but if you think that you're going to lead in environments or be an an age, I I consider a leader, anyone who, who has influence or is an agent of of change, right? Whether that is, uh, serving, you know, um, that is the change is that you serve well, because that's where you start honestly leading um, or having some type of thought that may influence other people outside of yourself. Uh, leadership starts in making sure that you are leading yourself well, that you are stewarding yourself and managing yourself uh, the best that you can. And so I think from a young age, uh, it was never something that was uh, verbally expressed to me. And in fact, my parents did a really good job of making sure that they're like, Hey, uh, we're the pastors and not our children are your pastors. So don't expect that they're going to, uh, you know, be something that you imagine them to be like, they are kids, like let them be kids. we set good boundaries about them. Let them have their own friends yeah, we were at the church a lot growing up because that's just our world. But it was never like you need to be something. And it was something that I just uh, admired um, to be like, hey, uh, if those kind of uh, the character and the integrity that they cultivated, I was like, I want to do that, too. How do I do that for myself? You know, and I would say maybe about the 14, 15 year old mark, I realized that, okay. I'm going to have to do this myself. There is like coming out of the shadow of Uh your hometown, out of the shadow of your parents, stepping into a sense of maturity involved me saying, Hey, I'm going to make my own plate of spiritual food, you know? And so I had to be super intentional about what that looked like for me. Um, is that, uh, I found influences outside of my hometown that, um, were biblical and were inspirational and uh, could maybe speak into my life uh, outside of what they knew of me as a child, you know? And so having those um, other voices in my life really helped, but then having voices who did grow up with me. Uh, There is one in particular, her name is Lauren Doan and she was my children's pastor growing up. And then they actually moved with us to Georgia as associate pastors, but she has been, someone consistently in my life, even up into the point of this huge transition where I called and I was like, Hey, this is kind of what we're feeling. Can you speak into my life? Because I trust you. Um, and so taking the initiative, um, to lead yourself in those areas because life sometimes can happen to us, Uh but I want 
myself to happen to life. <laughs> like for sure. Yeah. I mean, like we wake up one day and it's like, I'm 50. What the hell? <laughs> How'd I get here? Right. You know? Right. Right. And I think that, you know, if we, uh, think intentional living is scheduling every single second out of your day of like, Oh, I didn't have my prayer time today. I guess I'm not intentional. I guess, you know, like just life happens, but making sure that we are consistently being fed, um, from just our own personal time in the word and with the Lord is critical. Um, because if we think that we're going to get filled up on the weekend or on Wednesday nights or whatever, or, you know, other people's experience with him, testimonies, whatever, mm-hmm. you've got to have those experiences with yourself. You've got to create your own history with the Lord. And around the 14, 15 year old mark is when that really started to sink in with me mm-hmm. where I understood, Oh, I can hear the Lord too. And, um, the conversation. Well, so, okay. Yeah. So wait, what did what did that look like when it, yeah. you just said? Yeah. Um, I realized I could hear the Lord. So what what were some of those early conversations that sure. made you realize? Yeah. I mean, I I remember the moment when my mom asked me the question. She said, "Hey, how would you feel if we ever moved out of state?" And I was immediately resistant, like, "No, my people are here." You know, like, this is where I'm going to be. This is where I'm going to go to college. This is where I'm going to do all of X, Y, and Z. Not knowing that um, some of the dreams in my heart that I thought only could be fulfilled in a certain environment were outside of my control, but way bigger than I ever anticipated. And the Lord was going to take those dreams and put them in a different frame. And it has been much better for me. So I think after (laughs) just like, you know, we don't know what we need, honestly. And as a child, you know, as a minor, you know, you're going to go with your family wherever they go, unless it's like, yeah, you're situation. Yeah, Yeah, we're portable. (laughs) And yeah, and and thank goodness for the internet that it wasn't like, you know, oh, I can't see my friends anymore. Like there was always that uh, relationship that didn't end with moving truck. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I'm kind of jealous of with the, I, I have such a love hate with technology but yeah. you know because like I literally do not talk to a single person from high school like not one and I know they're out there on Facebook but I'm like man you know why am I gonna try to rekindle a relationship that's you know stopped 30 years ago 40 right. years, I don't know I graduated in 88 whatever the math is on that a long freaking time ago yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But so that it was good. And I think that's to add to what you're saying too, um, understanding that you have to cultivate your own relationship with the Lord. You have to understand how you hear his voice for you. And you're not just mimicking your parents or just subconsciously being obedient because that's the quote Christian thing to do, but also um, having community that is there with you that you trust, you know, like your friend, you know, they picked up their life and moved here too. It was, you know, that's community, (laughs) you know? Um, And you build that trust, you build that relationship and you didn't say you talked to 30 people. All you needed was that one, you know? Yeah. And I think I think part of us, most of the time, we 
we do too much grasping for a whole bunch of relationship or, you know, that kind of not, not super healthy. So we have all these superficial relationships, but then when it comes to someone who we allow to speak into our life in a, you know, like that was a big change for you at 15, 16 years old to, mm -hmm. to leave everything you've known your whole entire life, you know, and move eight hours away. And, but you had that one person and to, to talk to and you still mm -hmm. talk to her, I'm assuming, right? I do. I do. Her husband, yeah. um, he actually married us. Uh, okay. Cody and I. Well, so um, there you go. So Don't I win. see his picture every day in my house in our wedding. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, um, community is important. Yes. Yeah. And I, I even think, you know, there were as, because as a 15 year old, I didn't know where to go for advice outside of an inner circle of people mm -hmm. that I had history with. And I think now, uh, just with maturity and understanding what does, uh, you know, a multitude of counselors, what does that look like? What does that mean? Because like you're saying, you don't want to put it on Facebook. Hey, what does everybody think I should do with my life? You know, cause <laughs> right. people are going to have their opinions, but finding out, what safe people look like um, and who specifically has the Lord brought into your life to give you that insight. Um, I would say for us, it's basically like, do I know that you love me? You know, and not that prove it. Like I, I know this person loves me. Like I'm thinking of one right now who I, I don't get to talk to very often, but she's one that I can call. Um, and I know that she's also a person of integrity and that uh, she has insight, that she may not have been in the exact same situation that we are currently in, but a life experience, a life mm -hmm. yielded to the Holy Spirit, I can say, hey, this is where I'm at. Do you have any advice? Can you pray for me? Yeah. Uh, and we have maybe a handful, four or five people. Uh, I was you know, talking with you a moment ago of uh, Randall Worley being one of those people for us is that we don't get to talk to him super often. Uh, but because of Cody's father, Chris Oliver, uh, your pastor and resurgent, um, he uh, has come and mentored Chris. And by proxy, we will also be able uh, to learn and kind of glean from that. And we've been able to develop our own relationship of just like, Hey, you know, do you have 30 minutes? Like, can I call you? Because I know that this conversation is going to encourage me and equip me, uh, even if it's corrective in a way, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, and so we need people like that, that are, you know, love you, have integrity and have insight. And so, yeah, well, they're yeah. safe because yes. he, he can tell you to get your head out of your butt if Absolutely. that's what you need to hear and, <laughs> yes. and, and you'll say, okay, thank you. Yes. yes. I think I will. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, so, yeah. um, One, two, skip a few years and mm -hmm. um, coming here and living the everyday life and getting married and doing all of that. Um, and then hearing the Lord again on a big radical change mm -hmm. for yourself. Actually, let's back up even a little bit before that. 
about the faith as an artist that it takes to fund a music project. Oh, yes. And that's a testimony. And talk about um, some of the things, you know, the promises and, and some of the things that you and Cody, and, and I know I'm going to interview Cody too, but, um, you know, what what did you guys hear from the Lord about that that gave you strength? Because, like, the woman at the well when she left and went back to the town, she's like, come meet this guy. He told me everything about me, you know? So what were some of the things that, how did the Lord encourage you? Here's a better way to ask it. How did the Lord encourage you through that process? What were some of the things that, because we can grab the scriptures, you know, God, you know, he's for me and not against me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's my provider and all of that. And those are fine, but I believe that we get more strength, um, and it means more when Holy Spirit says something to our heart that we can't find in Scripture, you know? It's not going to contradict God's character, you know, it's not what I'm saying, but when it's like that rhema, that personal, just, okay, you know what? This was my well moment, and yeah. my life is forever changed, so were were there any of those or which ones do you want to talk about? Because I'm sure there is multiple in that process. Sure. Uh, man, it's, it's, it's sometimes it feels like a lifetime ago because next month we're recording this in August right now. I don't want to reveal your, your publishing schedule. Oh, no, um, it'll be out today. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. um, well, on September 9th will be the one year mark of releasing uh, the album, which feels... Mm crazy super crazy because so much life has happened between those two points um i think kind of going back to us feeling the nudge to do something like this is that we had all, all already been writing songs just out of a heart of worship um in those personal times of being like oh like this is the song that i'm singing to the lord myself um you know, I don't think that we're God's greatest gift to man. However, I do. It was like, maybe this could be a beneficial uh, lyrical expression of worship that someone else could hop on. Um, You're pretty great, though. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't sell yourself short. Everybody go out and buy the album if you don't have it already. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Um, the link will be in the show notes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you. Um, but, you know, it, it had already started from a heart of uh, worship, because that's just what we love to do. That's what we feel uh, called to do and that we feel we come alive in those times of worship and just mm -hmm. having the honest pouring out and yielding of ourselves to him. And, you know, we talk about the woman at the well, spirit and truth, like those two, uh, that has been our motto and will forever be of what worship looks like is, is it tethered to revelation of God revealed in his word? And is it that rhema, that, uh, spirit and truth, the rhema and the logos and, and having that, uh, just enrich our worship too. And so we love to write songs out of the word. And so there's a song called good ground, mm -hmm. uh, that's written out of the parable of the sower. And that was just, okay. I just found myself meditating on this, uh, like section for weeks. And I just was like, I don't really know what to do with this. I'm just going to start praying this song uh, or praying this, 
this uh, scripture in song form and out came good ground because uh, Cody is really good at refining those things. It's like, I'm a words person. He's a melody person. And so we come together and, and, as soon as I don't feel like the words are too precious, it's like, no, don't touch my art. <laughs> then I'm ready for him to come in. And, and suddenly we had a small um, library of, of songs and um, thinking about, okay, what does this look like to release them and to publish them? If we do feel like they're supposed to be out there in the world. Um, and so we started to ask the Lord, what does this look like? And we, we asked a couple of those safe people who have done uh, songwriting projects before, who have released albums and EPs, like, hey, what was your experience? What are some pitfalls that you can kind of show us? And uh, this is a huge endeavor. This is going to take up um, a lot of our time, a lot of finances, a lot of energy, and uh, requires the agreement of our local church to help us do this. Like, how would you go about this? And so um, that's when we... Uh, wanted uh, we opened it up uh to uh as a crowdfunded project and we were shocked at people's generosity um and it was super encouraging and very confirming that okay uh we did hear from the lord uh, to do this because you know same holy spirit is in all of us <laughs> i think there like we had some resistance absolutely that you know you you work through you figure things out you 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 change plans sometimes uh but it was very encouraging to see hey we believe that you heard from the lord let us come in and partner with you tangibly by giving into this product it was was absolutely humbling and just really really encouraging and so i don't know um we were fully funded uh, the month that we recorded the album live in March um, at uh, live at Resurgent Atlanta. And that was one of my favorite times ever. Like I look back on those pictures sometimes and you just see all of the people who came in to volunteer to help to make that night happen. And you guys were huge parts of that, of making that happen. And it's just precious memories that we'll always have connected um, with community, you know, because uh-huh. we can't do it alone. It took a team, a big team of people to pull that off um, from every facet. And so that was, it just was really fun. And it was, um, it makes you, uh, it expels the diva out of you sometimes because you're <laughs> like, oh, look at me. I could do this. I could do that, whatever. Well, you absolutely need a body. You uh-huh. need community uh, to make things like this happen. If it's a big dream, it involves more than just you, you know? Yeah. And that's why I hate, oh, it just makes me want to puke on my shoes. When I hear people talk about the new word solopreneur. I haven't even heard that. Oh, it's been out for a couple years. Yeah. It's, it's a, you're a solopreneur. I'm like, no, no one does anything solo. It's Uh such a smack in the face to anyone who supports you, whether they give you money or their time. Yes. Right? To call yourself a solopreneur. No. Uh Uh-uh. No, that that went around for a while. I haven't heard it in a minute, but yeah, that was that was all of last year. That was all about being a solopreneur. No, I've never I've never heard that. Hopefully it just got buried in the internet because everyone was like squashing that idea. <laughs> yes, I put it out there. I, I did a I think 
maybe even a video rant on yeah. like don't don't ever call me a solopreneur i am an entrepreneur and i will give credit to every person i've ever had a conversation with yes oh, <laughs> because for for a person to think they're solo mm-mm, no oh yeah you know there are certain aspects that you do by yourself you know sure. nobody can sing for you but you can do what you do without my husband running the sound. So Absolutely. there's oh that. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> he will yes. cut you off. <laughs> I know, and he'll mute my mic. <laughs> right? Like, she had an attitude this morning. Mute. <laughs> right? No, okay. yeah. It takes a team, and it takes people who have uh, believed in a unifying vision, and that for us was to provide uh, worshipful songs that glorify the Lord in spirit and in truth. And uh, people were able to take them and make them their own. Uh, Because I look back over my life and there are certain songs that were extremely just marking for me in that like, oh, I hear that song and it reminds me of the season or Mm -hmm. it reminds me of that one thing I was praying for um, or reminds me of a person. And the artist probably will never know what that song meant for, for me. Because for them, you know, after you've listened and edited a song a thousand times, you're like, it's good. Just <laughs> yeah, put it out. <laughs> right. I <laughs> don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> but for other people, it could have been something that was extremely anchoring. And yeah. so for me, it was like, okay, if we're disobedient in this, because it was super easy. It's very easy to not do the hard things. Oh, for things. sure. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And Just especially. To not show up. Yeah. Absolutely. And in the music industry is complete is extremely saturated. And Christian music uh, in this genre, I hate to use that word, but you know, it's, there's a lot of people trying to do similar things. Uh And so it was easy for us to check out like, ah, people have enough. Uh Why do they need this resource from us? Uh Why us? Does it does it matter? And it was um, just such a gift from the Lord to say, hey, this is possible. Are you going to be obedient? Because there are times where you can receive from a certain song or a certain voice a message that you couldn't otherwise receive uh-huh. from another person. In the same way of like learning things in a certain environment that you wouldn't have been able to in a different environment. Um, and so are you going to yield your voice to that? Are you going to use your gifts? Or are you going to bury it? You know? Right. And, um, and so that kind of was disarming of like, okay, like let's, let's do this. It's not just us. We've got a team of people who have agreed with the vision and are saying yes to helping us do this. And so let's provide this resource for uh, people, you know, and hopefully they'll meet the Lord in the middle of it. And that was the hope. Yeah. So. And that's good. Um, it, um, a lot of it is obedience, but I think a lot of it too is just surrendering to who God made you. And I think we have a hard time with that, especially as Christians, if we're, you know, in a hardcore 
denominational church that wants to keep their congregation in a row. And if, you know, if you're not pastor, teacher, preacher, evangelist, you know, apostle, whatever, you know, fivefold, what do you do? You know, worship has to be look like this. You know, we don't have drums. We don't do the, you know, and there's such taboo on the arts. And as an artist, I, I feel you, you know, I feel your heart in that. Um, uh, do, you know, doing this podcast and, um, getting into public speaking is very hard. I mean, I, and you don't know this yet, but, um, I, uh, am planning a, a workshop, an all day workshop. Awesome. And, um, Stephen's going to speak at it and cool. both Pagliera's. And oh, yeah. another friend of mine, and then Scott. I'm making Scott speak. Good. <laughs> and it's all going to be based on the well. But, you know, like you said, it's like, do we need another workshop? Do we need another message on this? Do we need it? You know, there are 8 billion people on this planet, and only a very small percentage are going to hear me, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be the same ones that listen to you. Mm-hmm. And then we have our perspectives, and I think we do ourselves a big disservice when, when we don't surrender to what we know God is has just put on our heart, you know, and and uh, and not. I hear your I hear what you're saying with using the word obedience because it is being obedient, but. I, I just I like the word surrender better mm-hmm. for yeah. me. It just works because we just I just I have to surrender to to who I am and what God says about me. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean like the the woman at the well. I mean, had she not said, okay, it's obvious you know you're. She says like it's obvious you're a prophet, right? Um, and she surrendered to the things that he was saying about her and that give her strength to run back in town and say, Hey, this guy told me everything I knew, but that's not the point. He's the Messiah. Right. And and I think when we, when we do just lay everything down and just, God, I don't know who's going to listen to my album. I don't know who's going to listen to this podcast. I don't know who's going to come, you know, to, to an all day Saturday thing for somebody they don't even know. Right. But someone needs to hear my perspective. Someone needs to hear your song. And your song is the reason you are where you are today, geographically. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, we have to. We have to be obedient. We have to be surrendered. And and just trust God that he's on our side. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think about, too, you know, this subject has been written out about before this song has been sung. It is the unique perspective like you're talking about. And I think if it might sound like cliche, but like if everybody stops making art, where will art be a year from now, 10 Uh years from now, a century, you know, what unique expression are we going to leave on the earth individually and as a generation hopefully mine is in that category, like to the best of my ability that I've, I've done that. I've surrendered to, uh, uh, the call to the, whatever, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. whatever God wants to do with it. (laughs) 
<laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And and we both sat down, Cody and I, we looked at each other like, okay, if five people listen to this song, do we feel like we've said yes enough? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It would be a little disappointing. <laughs> right. It's it. hard work. Just being honest. Yeah, to be honest. <laughs> to be honest. Um, but we do know that it's not, a, it's not about the streams. It's not about the likes, it's about the followers. We call that Monopoly money. Cody and I, we were like, oh, yeah. how many followers do you have, bro? Oh, it's just, it's just Monopoly money. It's, it's whatever. Uh, but have we yielded enough to say, yeah, here's our best. Here is an offering to the Lord that will in turn be a blessing to people. We need to do that. So here one, one second. Is someone knocking on the door? Hello? Sorry. No, that's fine. Okay. Keeping it real. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so as we wind down here on this part of the story, um, of what we've talked about, what what would you like to leave with the listeners? What what would be your three points of encouragement? <laughs> <laughs> My acronym. Your acronym. My acronym. Every message sermon is not complete without an acronym and three points. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. But are you? I've heard you. Oh, I've never used an acronym. I have not. This is true. This is true. This I have true. not. I like my points. They help me uh, learn. But ah, uh, what would I leave to the listeners out of this? Um, I would just say, don't be afraid to say yes to the Lord. Um, in that surrender, in that obedience, if you feel like the Lord's asking you to do something, He's going to provide the means to do it. He's going to provide the people to come alongside of you, encourage you, and actually uh, make it happen. Um, and so pray for those things to come about because he will supply it every single time. Um, and I think even uh, we talked about people speaking into your life. Find those people. Be courageous enough to ask. Um, yeah. Even if you don't really know what to ask, just say, hey, a really good question to ask would say, can you pray for me <laughs> and see what comes out about it? Um, because the Holy spirit will speak, uh, to people, uh, around you because again, we were made for each other. So find those people. Don't be afraid to say yes. So, yeah, that's good. Very good. So I want to say thank you, Julie, for coming on. This was fun. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, um, I appreciate you listening to the podcast and all the um, links to all things Oliver will be <laughs> in the show notes. Um, a link to the album, which is really, really phenomenal. Support them. Don't just listen. Buy it. Throw money at them. You know, bless, bless them. And uh, information about the conference is that cool to put in the show notes too we'll put that there so we'll do that for those of you who are leaders or want to step in leaders or if you have a heart to you know that god's called you into leadership but you don't exactly know what that looks like Mm -hmm. this is probably um a conference an event i don't know a gathering i don't conference is just so old school i don't know but so hanging out with us and learning how to be a leader yeah um so, yeah, so I appreciate your support, and thanks again for tuning in. If you're new, thank you. Hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you think. If you're um, not new listening, 
thanks for coming back. And we will catch you guys on the next episode. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of After the Well. We hope you really liked it. We would love to hear your feedback. Give us some likes, some reviews, some love. Share it with your friends. All the links and information are in the comments or in the show notes of the episode that you're currently listening to. Thanks, and we look forward to hanging out with you again.